At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. I'm getting ready to start for 10 weeks. For 10 weeks, I'm going to come and I'm going to bless you with a word from the Lord under this theme. And the theme is believing God for the best. For 10 weeks, I'm going to talk to you about believing God for the best because there's a blessing coming into your life so significant that you're not going to miss it because you're going to know that it had to be God and God alone. Believing God for the best. Look at the person beside and say, neighbor, your best days are ahead of you. I want to lift up one verse from the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. When you have that text, stand on your feet for the reading of the word. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. The word of God reads like this. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more now I'm teaching under the theme um, believing God for the best particularly today I'm talking about the making of a disciple you may be seated in the presence of the Lord when we speak of the gift of salvation, we speak of a process or a journey wherein God brings about an amazing spiritual transformation in our lives. It is an engagement with God wherein we speak of it in terms of justification, sanctification, and glorification. Justification means that God has declared me righteous because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. It is not what I brought to God because I didn't have anything to bring to him. 
but is what God has done for me in Christ. He declares me righteous. Sanctification speaks of the ongoing process where God is shaping me and conforming me to the image of Christ through the power of the Holy Ghost. Glorification speaks to what God will ultimately do in my life. For one day I will see Jesus as he is and I will be all that God wants me to be. Justification talks about my past, what God has already done. Glorification is talking about my future, what God is going to ultimately do. But between my past and my future, in the meantime, right now, sanctification is talking about what God desires to do in me, through me, and for me right now. Every Christian, every person who would declare that I'm saved needs to understand completely what it means to be saved. Because being saved is not primarily and it certainly is not defined ultimately by the fact that we attend church. Being saved has to do with our complete obedience to Jesus Christ. It is a life of obedience that we live in Christ and it is a growing in spiritual maturity where we become mature disciples of Jesus. Someone has rightfully said that the Christian life is a continual series of new beginnings. God is always taking us to a new place in him. Listen to how Paul put it when he spoke to the church at Philippi. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 it reads like this, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout more. Listen again to how Paul spoke of this to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17, the word of God says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody shout again, more, more. I came to bless you today. I came to tell you that we are believing God for the best. I came to tell you that your best days are ahead of you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When we talk about our salvation, it's more. More power. More faith. More hope. More love. More vision. More anointing. More commitment. More consecration, more devotion, more dedication, more peace, more joy, more anointing. Somebody shout it one more time, more. And when we talk about our salvation experience, when we talk about the work of God in our lives, it has to do with the operation of the Holy Spirit within us. As saved people, we are spirit born. Spirit born. It is the Holy Spirit that drew us to Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that convicted, of our, convicted us of our sins. It is the Holy Spirit that convinced us of what God had done for us in Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that changed our heart. It's a change that took place on the inside, but it shows up on the outside. You remember the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus? You remember Nicodemus, he was a Pharisee, a religious man, but his religion left him empty. But he had heard Jesus preached. He had heard about the miracles of Jesus. And he came to Jesus at night and he says, you got to be from God because no man could say the things that you say and he certainly couldn't do what you do if God were not with him. And I want to know, Jesus, how can I experience what you're talking about? Jesus said to him, you got to be born again. Nicodemus said, well, how can that happen? How can I enter a second time into my mother's womb? Jesus says, I ain't talking about that. He said, that which of the flesh is of the flesh, and that which is of the spirit is of the spirit. Don't marvel about what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, you got to be. You must be born again. Look at somebody say, you're saved? saved. Tell them, you've been born again. Born again. Yeah, we're born of the Spirit. And then we are filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Paul in Colossians says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
And Jesus himself, when you read that marvelous series of his training of the disciples as he was preparing to go to Calvary, you start with John 14 and go through about John chapter 17, and Jesus makes it clear. He says, listen, I got to go. Because if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. But if I go, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send another. I will send the Pericletos. I will send the one who will stand by your side. I'm going to send the one who will live in you, who will abide with you. And he ain't going to do it for just a few days. He's going to live in you always and forever. If you're saved, you got the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, the Spirit of God lives in you. The greatest power in the world is in you. And that's why the devil can't defeat you. That's why the devil can't keep you down. Is you got too much power to live a defeated life. He's just hoping that you never come into the awareness of how much power you got. You just got to get to the place where you tap into the power. Where you acknowledge the power of the living God that's operating in you. We're spirit born, we're spirit filled. But not only are we spirit born and spirit filled, but we are spirit formed. We're spirit formed. Now this is where we got to come into a awakening a new awareness because most of us have never heard that phrase spirit formed we've heard spirit born we've heard spirit filled but we haven't heard about being spirit formed but being spirit formed is imperative that you grasp because when you were spirit born and spirit filled, that was not the end. Spirit born and spirit filled speaks of a new beginning in your life, but the new beginning don't stop and end or start and end with being born and being filled. God has more to do in our lives. So there is a spiritual forming that takes place. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God has an agenda for your life. God has a purpose that he's working out in your life. And then there is this marvelous passage in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. 
I'm going to read this and I want you to open your Bibles and look at it as I read it because I'm going to read it slowly and break it down because what is before us is an outline of our spiritual formation. It's an outline of our spiritual formation because beloved this is the time in our lives when God says playing church is over. We're at the point in our lives when God said faking it, pretending, going through the motion, ain't gonna cut it. This is the moment in your life and my life where God says I'm, I want you to be authentically who I called you and saved you to be. Ain't enough to be churchy. You got to be a Christian with integrity. And Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10, it outlines what God has done and what he's currently doing in your life. Let me break it down to your lack of fraction. Start with verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. You and I have not always been saved. So don't sit up here and want to make somebody think you always have loved Jesus. Because the outline starts not with your present. The outline starts with your past. It don't start with the day, it starts with yesterday. And there was a point in time in all of our lives when we did not have a relationship with God, we were dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible says we were the enemies of God. Didn't go to church. And if we did go, wasn't no church in us. Didn't pray. Didn't have a praise on our lips. No worship to the living God. Doing anything and everything we thought we were big enough to do. The devil was having his way in our lives. I'm not talking to the person besides you behind you. I'm talking about you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All we like sheep have gone astray. It's part of the outline. But verse 4 talks about what God did in the midst of our sinfulness. But God Look at somebody and say, I can shout on a butt. But God, 
who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ made us alive together with Christ I was dead but he made me alive it was not a resuscitation I was dead so I've experienced a resurrection he made me alive with Christ by grace you have been saved by grace the unmerited favor of God shown to undeserving mankind by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now that's where you are right now. We were in the basement. Now we're in the penthouse. Now when God gets you out of the basement and puts you in the penthouse, you ought not live, act, and think in the penthouse like you're still in the basement. You can't sit high and act low. I may not be perfect, but I ain't what I used to be. I haven't arrived, ain't got it all together, but one thing I know, I've been changed. And since I've been changed, I got a new mindset. Since I've been changed, I got a new spiritual disposition. I know where I sit. I sit in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 says in verse 3, Blessed be the God who has given us all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. Devil, I know who I am. Devil, I know what I got. Devil, I know who I belong to. I'm not living with no spiritual amnesia. I'm a child of the king. Look at somebody say, I feel like lifting him up. Come on, look at somebody else say, I praise God for who I am. No weakness here. No being pathetic here. No mediocrity here. No insecurity here. No low self-esteem here. I'm a child of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Hallelujah goes right there. But the outline continues. Starts with yesterday, your past. Speaks to your present. But then the outline goes on and talks about your future. 
your tomorrow. Verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. Look at somebody say, the reason I got to shout today is because everything I got going is because of God. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot going for me. We, we kind of talking to each other day anyway. Look at them again and say, say, child of God, ain't nothing ordinary about me. Mm -mm. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Here's your place to scream. Here's your place to scream that we should walk in them. You are God's Picasso. You are God's masterpiece. You are a unique man. You are a unique woman. There's only one of you in the world. And God told me to tell you that I knew where you were in the past, but I met you where you were, but I didn't leave you where I found you. I picked you up and turned you around. I've now called you to live in the high places in Jesus. But not only did I save you and change your life, but there's a plan I'm working out. There's a purpose I'm unfolding in your life and the plan I'm working out the purpose that is unfolding it was in you before you came out of your mama's womb and now that you're in the world and now that I have saved you and changed you God says by my grace I'm still working it out because you're my Picasso you're my masterpiece you're the unique person that I have brought into the world so I I can show others who I am and I'm going to give you the capacity and I'm going to give you the capability to work it out. I need you to walk in what I gave you. I need you to believe in what I gave you. I need you to have a faith that says when God opens the door, I'm going to walk through that door. I'm going to acknowledge everything that God has placed in me. I don't need no committed to give me a vote on it. I don't need you to make me feel good about it because what I got is sources in God and God told me that I'm somebody. I ain't trying to be like you. I just want to be the best me that I can be. Give me five minutes. Give, give me five minutes. Oh, give me seven. Give, give me seven. <laughs> give me seven minutes and I'm through. Because everything that I just told you, I told it to you 
to get to Revelations chapter 3, verse 12. Here it is. One, he that overcometh. Who are you? You are an overcomer. It ain't that you haven't had any challenges, but you overcame. It ain't that you ain't had no pain, no problems, but you overcame. It ain't that you ain't had no trials or tribulations, but you overcame. The Christian life ain't no walk through a bed of roses. No, we have challenges in our lives, but we keep on overcoming because we are conquerors and more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And the reason we overcome is because we got faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and it is the evidence of things not seen. The reason I overcome is I just won't quit. The devil would love me to throw in the towel. The devil would love me to give up on God and give up on myself. But the problem is when I get knocked down, I won't stay down. I just keep on getting back up. And the reason I keep giving back up is because I believe in God. I got faith in God. I got the faith that gives me conviction and I got a faith that gives me certitude. I got conviction. Every time I have a problem in my life, I just remember what God has already done. I remind myself that this ain't the first time I had a dog day. It ain't the first time I had a dreary night. I've seen problems before, but the Lord stepped in. The Lord made a way. So I got conviction that if he did it in the past, he'll take care of me right now. I don't know what all's going to happen happen in 2024 but if it's like 2023 I'll probably have some challenges somewhere I'll probably have some issues somewhere I may be made to cry before the year is over but I ain't worried about it because I made it to 2024 and the reason I made it is because God took care of me back in 23 and if he could bring me through 23 whatever gets on my agenda in 24 I know it's already taken care of I got a decision I got a mindset that says I can make it I will make it I got to make it My faith gives me certitude. I'm so certain about what pastor said, that there's a blessing coming in my life. I'm not waiting for it to be manifested. I'm going to shout right now. I know how to praise God on the past. I know how to praise God in the present. But I've learned how to praise him before tomorrow gets here. So I'm going to go on and shout as though the miracle has already taken place. Can there anybody praise God on what is about to happen in your life? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you are about to do. Yeah. 
As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, your confirmation came through the demonic. Because if you didn't have anything going for you, if you didn't have anything going for you, the devil wouldn't need to bother you. The only reason you want to bother me, devil, is because you already know what I got going for me. So you're going to try to distract me so I will walk away from what I'm about to receive. But since I know that I know that I know that I know, I ain't getting ready to turn around. I'm going to press my way right into my miracle. Come on, just tell three people, press your way, press your way, press your way. I got, let me see, I used three minutes right there. Okay, I used three. I got, I got four more minutes. Okay, two for each one. All right. He who, he who does what? Overcomes. I will make him stop right there I will make him you, you, you got to help me today with this so you got to keep talking to each other look at the person tell him say <clears throat> You ain't self-made. No, no, you ain't, you ain't self-made. I will make him. Look at somebody say, please don't miss your shout. Come on, say, please don't miss your shout. I, I will make him. Well, who's the I? That's God. Who's the him? That's us. God says, I will make you. I will make you. You're not self-made. God is making you. God is designing you. God is forming you. God is leading you. God is guiding you. Everything God wants me to be, he is making me. And if you want to understand this even fuller, then read Jeremiah chapter 18. God says to Jeremiah, he says, go down to the potter's house. And the picture of the potter becomes the revelation of what I'm doing for Israel. It becomes the revelation of what God is doing for us. So the potter takes clay. And the potter takes the clay and he puts it on the potter's wheel. And the potter begins to shape and fashion the clay. 
Now the clay doesn't know what the potter has in mind. The clay doesn't know what it's ultimately going to become. All the clay knows is that I'm in the hands of the potter. And the potter has a design for me. I'm going to be some kind of vessel. I don't know what kind of vessel I'm going to be. But I'm in the hands of the potter. So the potter takes the clay and he puts it on the potter's wheel. And as the wheel begins to turn, then it gets warm. But the wheel keeps on turning. And then it gets warmer and warmer until it gets hot. And because it's hot, there's friction on the wheel. So now there is some, uh, there's some agitation. And there is some irritation. Because the clay is on the wheel. And the potter keeps turning the wheel. And the clay begins to say, ooh, this is burning me. And ooh, this is causing me some agitation. And ooh, this is causing me some irritation. And it's causing me some friction. But with all of that, the potter doesn't stop because the potter understands what he's trying to do with the clay. And the potter knows what he has in mind with the clay. So he just keeps on shaping and he keeps on forming the clay on the wheel. But then the potter takes a good look at the clay on the wheel and he begins to see that there is some kind of substance. There is some kind of foreign object that's in the clay that ain't supposed to be in the clay. So I can't keep on shaping it like it is. So then the potter takes the clay off of the wheel and he breaks the clay. And he breaks it and then he puts it back on the wheel again. And he begins the process again of turning the wheel and the heat and the friction and the irritation and the friction on the wheel. And the potter does it over and over again until he begins to shape the clay and the clay begins to take the shape of a form. It begins to look like a vessel that the potter always had in his mind. And then when the vessel takes complete shape, he takes it off the wheel and he puts some kind of shellac substance on it. And the shellac substance is not just to make the vessel shine, but it is to seal the vessel so that the vessel won't break easily. It is to seal the vessel so no other objects can get in the clay. And that's what God does with you and I. He puts us on the wheel of his grace. He turns it by mercy. He turns it by love. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it irritates us. Sometimes it causes friction. And we're saying to God, why do I have to go through all of this? And God says, because I got to make you who I want you to be. Sometimes he takes us off the wheel and he breaks us, puts us back home, breaks us, puts us back home. He's breaking and he's making. He's breaking and he's making. But every time he breaks you, thank God for the breaking because he can't bless me until he breaks me. But when he breaks me, he'll make me all that he wants me to be. And then he seals it with his spirit. He seals it with his anointing. Hallelujah. And the only one who can break me 
this is your place to shout again. The only one who can break me is the one who has the authority to break me. The devil cannot break you. Ah, you ought to tell somebody, I wasn't made to break. I wasn't made to break. And that's why I live with victory. Because I got too much God in me. And I'm who I am because God made me. He who overcomes, I will make him. And you're going to make me God to be what? A pillar in the temple of my God. Who are you today? Who is it that God is ultimately causing you and I to be? Not a pillow, <laughs> but a pillar. Paul, when he writes to Timothy, he says, the church of the living God, the ground and pillar of truth. And the word pillar there means that he's making us to be strong. You were saved not to be weak. You were saved to be strong, to have power, to have might. You are the people of God. And the church of God is the pillar of truth. And the church ain't this building. The church is you and I. So I'm a pillar of truth. You are a pillar of truth. I'm looking at strong men and women of God. I want to be a strong man of God. And every time we come together at church, we bring strength to one another. Because we don't come in here in our name. We come in the name of the crucified, resurrected, and glorified Christ. Take somebody by the hand. Look them in the face. Tell them, neighbor, you love me, and I'll love you. You challenge me, and I'll challenge you. You encourage me, and I'll encourage you. You inspire me, and I'll inspire you. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you. You be strong for me, and I'll be strong for you. People of God, people of God, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I upward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. 
I don't know about you child of God but I'm going higher and higher and higher and higher in the Lord and I love Jesus so much I don't want to go by myself so I'm trying to take all y'all with me to higher ground the people represent the church no matter where we are so stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ